0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, with your host C.J. Reynolds.
1: My name is C.J. Reynolds, and if you are new here, this is my YouTube channel slash Facebook page uh, called Real Rap with Reynolds, which really is an homage to my students. Who, when they refer to Real Rap, they're really saying. Uh, like, real talk. We're having real talk about education. You almost knocked that glass of water down, and that's oh, real gosh. talk right there. Um, so the idea here is that on this channel, what we're trying to do is help teachers to be the teachers they are called to be. And so when all of us started teaching, we had some idea of what we wanted to be, what we want our classroom to look like. And maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you're still in college. Maybe you've, you've been done, started out years ago, and um, you are – trying to navigate this space of education and really be who you're called to be. So what we do is we meet here on Sunday nights. Uh, It's actually Sunday afternoon, used to be night. But um, we are meeting together as a community because we think that teaching is a communal activity. And so if we can show up and like both ask questions and bring our wisdom to the conversation, then that helps everyone. So that is our idea, that is what we do. Um, and it extends beyond this. There is you know a number of things that you can get involved with um, on on social media uh, from the Facebook group Real Rapids Reynolds teacher talk to the Instagram to everything, 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 everything else. Um, you can find all that information at realrapidreynolds.com is the best way to do that. And so this evening, we are once again shorthanded uh, as our our helper Edie, is not able to join us tonight so um we are trying to navigate this and it's just, it's the skeleton team i mean laura green's over there on facebook and you don't have to worry about anything when you're with laura green but and
0: our whole crew in yeah um in in youtube on youtube
1: yes mm-hmm. so um the way that this works if you want can people come on no
0: they can't no
1: all right so people can't come on this week because to, to join me live because it's because Edie's not here, and
0: our Edie, IT person is
1: missing. Edie knows how to do all of it, and I don't know how to do any of it. So, um, but if you have a question, you can just put it in the chat on YouTube or on uh, on Facebook, and it is uh, just put it in there with a Q or the word question next to it. We'll find it, and we will do our best to answer all of these questions. Um, if you have anything like you missed something, uh, there are a whole bunch of people in the chat with like little wrenches next to their name. Like Chris Carson's one of our guys in there. And so if you have a question about something or you miss something, Chris is your link. He's part of like our, I guess, like our street team of individuals that are not really out on the street. It's too hot. It's too hot to be on the street. That was do was dumb that was dumb joke. <laughs> um, yeah. So, cool. That's good with me. Uh, so I'm wondering, um, last week I asked people, like, what is your, what year are you going into teaching um I don't I feel like there's so many questions about this year like I've been getting asked questions like how are you preparing for this year so I'm just curious as to how people are getting ready for this year or maybe you're not maybe, maybe that's like your your gig is to not get ready for the year but i'm'm I'm, I'm curious as to like this is such a unique return this year that we've never had before um how are you navigating that space?
0: Chronically speaking, uh, said I. Start my very first teaching job tomorrow. So excited! Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What, why? That's
1: well. They out might of be the doing country,
0: another country. Someone else said they do uh, in our Facebook group. Someone mentioned that they teach. They have. Oh, I forget what it was called. They like teach x amount of like weeks and then or months and then they have you know two weeks off.
1: Yeah, so that's What's year-round that schooling. Well, they no, do. She, she
0: called it something different. I can't. I forget what it was. But
1: schooling year-round. Did she call? It? No. up? Round the year of schooling.
0: No. Three sixty-five no, schools. Okay, we have a question! Nice. Hooray! Cool. Go ahead. From John Lopez, my CJ. Buddy. If you had the chance to speak with your former teachers, what would you like to say to them?
1: So, um, John, in my maybe after my third year of teaching, something around there. Um, I actually wrote a whole bunch of old teachers. Like I wrote them, you would like this, because I wrote, you know, pen to paper, wrote letters to them, and to teachers that stood out to me. That like I never had a teacher that like changed my life. Um, but I have had a bunch of teachers that were like remarkable in some sense. And so what I tried to do was like just reach out to them and say, like, I thank you so much. Like you probably don't even remember me. Uh, I was never a memorable student. Um, I but when Mrs. Pancherson um at seventh grade or seventh Avenue School in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, uh she taught fourth grade, and she used to read to us every day after lunch. So we would go to lunch, we'd go to recess, we'd come in, and everyone could just like she would leave the lights off and she would just read to us um things like my side of the mountain or fourth grade, nothing, or a number of other books. And it was just one of my favorite, favorite things. Uh, or Mrs. Mrs. Nor, her, her name used to be Mrs. Normando. I know she got remarried after uh, I left and I forget what her more recent name is, but um, the, like things that she did, Mr. Kerr, who gave the greatest attentions of all time in eighth grade at Haddon Heights Middle School. Um, I wrote all these folks to just let them know. And uh, so I, I think, that's it. it, I think what it is is like, and I encourage teachers to do this. Like if you've never done this and you're an educator or you're going into education, taking a moment, thinking about the people that made you who you are today or have sprinkled some kind of magic on your life and then just writing them and, and, and noting to them that like those ordinary things that they probably did for thousands and thousands of students like made an impact on you is so deeply gratifying uh, in a way where like, we, we forget that like, like you you need that, like, like teachers need that. Um, and on some level, like it, it's just so wonderful when I get like a Facebook message from a former student or some like rando DM from a kid that I, I, I'm like, what? Like you even remember me? Like I barely remember your face. And then they tell you like the impact that you had or the conversation that you had. And that I just think is a gift that we can give to others. Um, and hope that we receive one day as well so yeah what you got buddy
0: uh we have a question coming from francisco um in your experience are there many high school graduates who want to attend university but can't afford it
1: yeah i don't think anybody can afford it uh so we try really hard to get our students scholarships or to help them to go to schools where they can afford that school you know most of my students are first generation college. So they've, their parents didn't go to college before them. Um, a lot of them didn't have brothers or sisters that went to college. And then even the kids, even if they did, they had various degrees of completion. So not all of them completed the whole four year term. And so that that's because I feel like most of the students aren't college ready. Um, not just academically, but like mentally, um, or financially aren't ready to like all the little things you have to pay for here and there. So I think it's trying to help kids um, understand it, like understanding that financial piece earlier, uh, as early as they can, and then trying to help them build towards something that is not gonna like bite them in the ass later. Like I I don't want a kid to graduate from high school and then know that um, they're like, or graduate from college and then it's a shock. That, like the student loans are come in like to me like it just never dawned on me um how to how to navigate that world so yeah but we've had kids in that situation which is to be honest with you is like part of the reason that we are um in in this next season of real rap with reynolds like in all that our team is doing is creating something that is going to create income for our team and then that income will be used in part to be able to bless kids. So like I have kids that like can't afford books, like that can go to college, but they can't afford books or they can't afford like um, to take the bus home for a birthday party, a family engagement, a holiday. So they stay at school or like that kind of thing. We wanna be able to just bless kids and help them out in those ways so that they don't have to worry about it. I mean, and if I get to a place where I can pay for someone's college, I mean, shoot
0: that's the mission that would be that's
1: that's the dream right here to be trying to do
0: all right our next question is coming from john fox what would be your best advice for building one's discipline and ability to stay focused for a longer period of time applies to helping students but also to adults Yeah. Which so sense. I got
1: it so john i you know this is such a great question um and it's something that i put a lot of time and, and energy into because i I think, look, I've never been diagnosed, but um, I used to think that I just had, like, I didn't, like, I think I have, I have ADD, right? And, and so I have never been diagnosed with that. But, like, the more that I read about it, the more I see my students, the more I learn from my own children that have been diagnosed with attention deficit, like, for me, it's like, oh, that lines up with me 100%. So how can I focus? The way that I do it with students is that I um, am with myself is I time myself. So if I have a task that I don't like so right now I'm working on this next chapter of, of real rapid runs. I'm working on like a really big project and for that project, it, it takes an enormous amount of concentration and lack of distraction, right. So it's like, how can I best do that? And so some of it is like figuring out what works best for you, but, The shortcut, this is what I tell my students too, the shortcut to success is always the work. Like that's the shortcut. Like, And I think about when I was a kid and I would pretend to brush my teeth instead of brushing my teeth. I would go to the bathroom, I'd run the water, I'd squeeze out a little bit of toothpaste, I wet my toothbrush, I'd stand in there for a couple minutes and just stand there. (laughs) And then I'd put my toothbrush away, I'd turn off the water, I'd wipe my face off. It was like, bro, you could have just brushed your teeth in that time, the shortcut that like, and I probably wasted more time in there thinking about how long it probably takes me to brush my teeth. So the shortcut Mm -hmm. is the work. So for me, it is finding a room that has the least amount of distraction. Um, I do, Listen to music a lot of times because my children will distract me if I hear them ask my wife a question I think I can answer it if I hear the dog whimpering because he always wants to come in the room with me Like I try to minimize those distractions So I put on music, but I put on the same pandora station every single time I then often set a timer and I think the timer is your best friend when you're trying to focus because I can't Sometimes I think like gosh, I got to get this done and there's so much work to do, but can I focus for an hour? Can I focus for? Uh, 30 minutes. Can I focus for 20 minutes? And in those increments of time, it is the only thing I do. I'm not checking my phone, I'm not listening to my kids. My wife knows that, like, I'm off limits when the doors is closed, and sometimes put the sign up that says dream making and process uh, or in progress. So, like, it is making it evident that dad doesn't get distracted in this time. Then I block out that time and I do it for that amount of time. And just that alone is huge. And then for my students, especially kids that have a really, really hard time paying attention, I'll say, hey, look, here's what we're studying right now. And I want you to work on this project, but I want you to work on it for two minutes, that's it. But in that two minutes, you're not talking, you don't check your phone, you're not picking something off the floor, you're not getting water, you're not going to the bathroom, you're not looking at somebody else. I need just two minutes of utter focus. And then when I do things like memorizing vocab words, you take two minutes and put it on the clock. The kids take two minutes and study. Then I go. Here's what I want you to do. Because before this, you knew no vocab words. I want you to test yourself or have a friend test you. Put the words you know on one side, the words you don't know on the other side. Then after this, I want you to st- I want you to study those words again for only 60 seconds. You will not get 61 seconds. You will get 60 seconds. And at the end of that 60 seconds, test yourself again and then see. Which pile has more in it, the words that you know or the words that you don't know. I think that this is a really good move for basically everything. It is small increments of time that we can get ourselves to work where we are not doing anything else in that time frame. And then you, I think your productivity goes through the roof and your retention because you're you know my uh, my spiritual director is always saying your attention affects your retention. And so if we can have this strict attention on something then, we will get a lot more done and, and you'll retain a lot more too.
0: I'm going to skip all the way to um, Stephanie's question because she is piggybacking off of what John, oh, okay. uh, John's question. She said, how can you break down? I think you kind of just did this, um, but maybe you can speak further to it. Yeah. How can you break down assignments more to help the students who don't have a stand in focus? I know 10 to 15 minutes ish, but how can you be effective in doing that?
1: Cause you're doing small doses. You're not trying to get everything done. you're, like essentially microdosing with education. So when I do journal entries in the beginning of class, you only have five to eight minutes to write your journal entry, the end. Um now look, there's some grace in there. You someone took a little bit longer to pick it to pick up on it. The kids had a like in in whole, like largely a hard time like coming up with an idea or a story or a connection piece to the journal. You can move and shake with that a little bit. Um, But I think I just just, just made that up. Move and shake. I don't don't know what you're shaking. But anyway, Um, the so you're you're doing that. And then it is we have this much time to have a conversation about it. And so what you're doing is you're building urgency in. And that can be a little bit nerve wracking for some kids or on the front end. But those kids just go around and say, hey, look, you have more than eight minutes. You're doing a really great job. And I see what you're doing when we start talking about it you just keep going it's okay so then you are you're calming those children down but for the kids that have a hard time focusing it's like no game on bro like this is like basketball like you don't like you only get to the end of the of the quarter to be able to get you know all the points that you can or or, or score all that you can or you know that kind of thing and then it is journaling for this much time it is conversations for this much time and everyone knows yo, we're going to talk about this and we only have 10 minutes. The end. 10 minutes is all we got today for this. Um, If we're independently reading, one of the kids ways to get kids to read is not just to get them books that they want to read, but it is setting an amount of time that is reasonable for them to do it, right? This is why things like when I started running, I started doing the couch to 5K is how I got into running, which is a little bit embarrassing to say because I'm not like a program guy like that, especially something that's like out there like that. But It is, I can't run three miles. I can't run a mile. Can I run for two minutes? Yep, I can run for two minutes. And then I walk for three minutes. And then can I run for this much time? It's a little bit longer. So, what you're doing is starting somewhere and then you're elongating that time. So, independent reading in the beginning of the year, my class is 10 minutes long. By the end of the year, it's about 30 minutes long. That's a long friggin' time for kids that don't read to read. It's 30 minutes, but you're building that through the year and then. It just gets better and better. So I think that that's how it works. But it's like not trying to get everything done. It's we're going to do this thing right now. We're focusing in on this skill, this task, this idea, this thought, and that's it. But can we do this in 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is?
0: Next question is from Scott Ordway. Uh, Can you talk about the importance of having everything set up for the next day before you leave to go home?
1: Yes. Uh, I love this idea. I don't. I I seldom leave my classroom in a way that has to get ready in the morning. I just don't do it. Um, and I don't do it by myself either. I get kids to help me all the time. So at the end of the day, uh, the desks are the way that the desks need to be. If there's some sort of group activity, there's some sort of setup for the next day, I do it at the end of the day. So like if we are acting out a part of the play instead of just reading it, we are. that's all set up the night before. Um, trash is largely picked up off the floor. Now the janitorial crew vacuums for me, but, um, I pick up all my own, like all the big trash is, is gone. Um, the whiteboard is spotless. I don't always write on it for the next day. Cause sometimes I'm not completely ready for the next day. Cause I'm have to think about my lesson plan on my drive to school. Cause that's how I roll. Um, but it is, so that is clean though. And ready to go. My desk is never messy. Um, there's a really great uh, video that I've shared online before um, called it's like the importance of knowing or how to know by Tom Sachs, T-O-M. His last name is S-A-C-H-S. Um, but Tom Sachs has this thing where it's like you should always be knolling. And knolling is the process of taking everything that's on your desk on whatever surface you're working on and just organizing it. So like right now, like, I can't do this with stuff on my desk. So if you can see my desk right now, like I pile up all of my Post-it notes together. They're all over here. My phone is directly in front of me. My water's right here. It is that idea of leaving a space the way you want to walk into it. Um, it's, it's It has the same effect really of like, when you go to bed, walking into a room with a made bed is just so delightful. Like, it's just more soothing than a hot disaster of a mess. So whenever I'm, the last thing I'll say about this is whenever I'm leaving a room that I'll be entering into the next time, I stand at the door often and I look at it and I go, is this the way that I wanna walk into this? Now look, there's days I just leave school immediately because I'm just beat and I'm like, no, nah, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'd rather come in early than do this now. But I, I like coming back into it um, in a dialed in way. It helps me enter into something that's pleasing instead of something that's chaotic. Um, cause I take way too much time in the morning to get myself mentally prepared that I don't want to walk into madness. It's not, it's not how I want to roll. Hmm. Um, I
0: think Jeannie is Jeannie is the name. That's Jenny. Jenny, Jeannie. 100%. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Jenny. I should know that one question. Hey, y'all, any advice or suggestions for teaching grade 12 English language arts? I taught grade nine for the last three years. So it's a big change or maybe not, I'm simultaneously
1: excited and nervous. Yeah. So I, uh, Jenny, I taught um, 12th grade uh, for a few years where I was teaching, I taught not only ninth grade, then they couldn't get someone to teach 12th grade, so they put me in there. I found the, the best way to navigate that space is really to um, help kids realize what they're gonna need next year. So if they go to college, and even beyond college, right? So like how like how are you writing professionally? How are you learning how to write and craft emails? How are you learning how to do a research paper? How are you learning how to like read a book like in a like so when you're in college, I mean they give you a week to read a friggin' novel, like how are you gonna do that, annotate it, um, and pull from it what you're gonna need? So it's more to me, like real world skills, um, how to have an argument effectively, how to have an argument and really listen to other people, like how to practice active listening skills. Um, I think that it's a lot of that sort of thing and then really applying it to the real world. One of the things that we found in our students, um, there was uh, like some research done through our school that showed that students really lack, um, our students lacked a lot of base knowledge. So when going into school, if something was referenced, they didn't even pick up on the reference. Like, so in the word problem, they didn't know the things that were happening, like in the word problem. So like, uh, if the, if a place was mentioned, if an animal was mentioned, if a process, if a historical moment was mentioned, our students didn't know those things. And so I think that it's trying to connect what you're learning to real world events also. So whether that's through using like current events or something to that effect um you're trying to get kids like like learning is something we're doing all the time and it's going to enhance who we are and how we roll and then being ready going to college next year and being ready without a doubt but not just being ready because you like just have completed high school but like could have you found your voice do you know how to express yourself do you know how to say things Do you know how to back up what you're trying to say because you can't, you can't just roll in and just start spouting off some stuff you think is facts and then someone questions it and you can't even back yourself up like so it's finding your voice in that way too i think is important
0: um christy is asking do you have any guidelines to follow regarding covid for this school year we are in new york no max for summer school but no guidance no guidance for fall with delta i don't know what to expect
1: so i i think you know
0: do you know what
1: the actual guidelines are? I don't I
0: think it's no, I masks. don't
1: know. We, I, I don't think it nice. seems like there's no masks for Philadelphia. I don't know what they're doing for. Um, and we're back in school full day. I don't think hybrid is an option, but it's real wishy-washy. Like, it's like every time you talk to someone, it's like, they're, it's looking like this, or we think it's going to be like this. And it's like, Whenever you say, I think it's going to be, it's like, bro, get back to me when you know, because now you're just going to, that just leads to worry. And I don't want to try and like figure it out. You know, to me, look, I think it's going to come down to this. I think it comes down to teachers really educating themselves on the on what this really looks like. Like what what is, like what's the actual science behind it? Trying to stay up to date with that as much as possible and then trying to communicate these rules and procedures to students in a way that is not it's it's not the dictatorship it's not the don't do this I better not see you doing this you're not allowed to do this put the put the mask on put the visor on stay away from one another put hand sanitizer on stop putting that in your mouth it is communicating into a way where it empowers children because what they what kids often don't understand right especially when it comes to any classroom rule I'm not just asking you to do something because I because I want you to, because I prefer it that way, because I'm in charge and you're the student and now you have to listen to me. It's about working together as a community. It's about looking out for one another. It's about helping one another to find success at the highest level, but we can only do that as a group because we are in this communal context. So when we're doing that with students, we are um, we are allowing them to have a role that, that they that makes them powerful, right? Like you, it's like you can only prevent forest fires, right? Like you using hand sanitizer. Let me break that down for you. Let me tell you what that's gonna do. Let me tell you about, let's talk about how not everyone in our school has good health, uh, has good health care, or maybe any health care. Let's talk about the kids who are living with their grandparents, who might be, although Many of us might just get like a simple cold from getting something like this, or like some flu-like symptoms. Somebody else who's older that doesn't have the immune system that you do, or someone's mom who's going through cancer treatment right now, who has no immune system, or something of those, of that, you know, particular nature. It's like you are empowering students to think beyond themselves and then also to feel that power of like, no, I can do this. I can do something to help. Um without making them do it, you're empowering them to do it. I think that simple switch empowers kids and just makes all the difference. Um, you know, I, I think the COVID thing is really curious this year because it makes going back to school, like, like it's makes it so wild because it's like, what do, what are we doing? Like, how are we... So
0: how are you actually preparing for that when you don't don't, know? I
1: don't know that you can prepare for it so much.
0: So what do you think people
1: should be doing? Well, I don't know because I don't know. Like, (laughs) I don't even know, like, how many kids are going to be in each class? Like, are there going to be, like, where are kids eating? How are we navigating the school space? Um, Things like, we don't have, they took out all the water fountains in my school. Did I tell you this? So they only have water filling stations. What if everyone doesn't have a bottle? What if you don't have a water bottle? Like I that's I, I would hope like, that the school would be providing So, so like maybe there's the cups, right? But, like, what happens when we run <laughs> out of cups? We run out of soap and paper towels all the time, we run out of, of oh like of uh copy paper. It is the one, it is like there are very few staples you need in a school, and copy paper is one of them. Yeah, so when that happens, it's how are you prepared for that? I don't know. You, I think you prepare for it by preparing yourself. That's my answer is yeah. how am I getting into a place this year where I'm on the, I'm, I'm like, and this sounds so hippy-dippy, but like I'm vibrating on like the highest level where I am, I am, you know, I th- I heard this, uh, this quote recently. um and it, Oprah Winfrey said it, I think, but it's attributed to someone else that you are responsible for the energy you bring into every room. You are responsible for the energy you bring into every room. And so if we're, if we're, cognizant of that then like how am i going into the school how am i entering into meetings am i being negative am i just am i just hating just because i want to hate am i or or is it like like actual like constructive criticism um how am i how am i like i i what i love to do is have this idea that like the room should be better because i'm there like i'm gonna love someone say something caring to someone, compliment someone, ask thoughtful questions. I push back a lot. I'm sarcastic as hell, but it is like, where is that coming from? Is it coming from a place of me trying to be a jerk or is it like me trying to lighten the mood, me trying to be funny, like me trying to um, like ease the tension or something like that? I think that's where it comes from too. But yeah. Yeah. But so to answer your question, I'm not really sure. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, um, Laura Green said, "Godspeed to those going back uh, off after over a year." She said they were in school face to face all last year, but she said it was it was really great, but it was really difficult.
1: Yeah, and 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 leaning into the, like not being surprised, like are we surprised? Like it's always difficult, right? And not I'm not. Sure. Saying, I, there's I, always
0: I, a difficult. Component yeah, there's always something regular, every like,
1: year, right? So it, it, there's, and and I think when you go into it, um, knowing that it just makes it like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like what we're doing is showing up and caring for children because children have been out for a year and a half also. And so can we show up and care for them? Can we care for one another as a community, as a team? Um, Instead of this idea of like, uh, of, you know, just waiting for things to happen for you. It's like, well, what can you show up and do? Like um, it's, I just think that that's a better angle and then it empowers educators too. And you're not just helpless. You're not just without, you don't not know what to do.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, and then especially like for SPED kids, like looking out for those students that have, you know, learning differences. Um, Gosh. And, and, you know, and I think it's also, there's going to be a lot of beauty in it too, where like kids are, so excited to be back and that might manifest in a bunch of different ways like wacky behavior and stuff like that because it's like no one's gonna say i love you guys i love everybody and i'm happy to be back but they might but it's like when the dog gets all hyped up you know i did i compare children to animals again i sure did because kids are like puppies sometimes and they're jumping on you and their paws hurt and they bark too much and it's like come on bro um yeah so look It's fine. I mean, if we don't have a ton of questions, it's fine. It is the middle of friggin' July. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that either people are getting ready to go back or they are savoring those last few moments um, before they do go back. Um, So, yeah, I'm just, you know. uh, So, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about this week. Can you take that question now, way?
0: Oh. Um, are you able to do it? Yeah. That's fine.
1: Cool. So look, um, we're going to keep it short this week. Uh, we will be back. If you want to catch the live version of this, it's available every Sunday at 1 PM. And in this last moments of summer, like the advice that I would give everyone, if you're still off or you have like a little bit of time still in the summer. Um, and for those of us that still have like well over a month off, um, Cause you know, you don't get done until the end of friggin' June. Um, it is really, I think finding things for this year and putting them on the calendar that are going to be your plan for like, what, what fills you up, what restores you, what gives you energy, what, what makes you feel great. And then you can take that greatness into the classroom. Um, and then also what is part of your pain plan? What is part of the thing that like, when you have a hard day, who are the people that you call? What is the thing that you do? Um, that's not just turning to to drinking, right? And this is like a common like theme amongst educators, where we're just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna have, I'm just gonna drink my face off tonight. Um, and look, I'm not against having a drink. I'm not against getting, you know, a little crazy sometimes, right? What I'm just saying is, it is about finding healthy ways in which to help you navigate that those thoughts and feelings and the things that are going on. So whether that is having a therapist on call, a good friend. Um, going bowling, being part of something like a team or some kind of ec- like a band or something like that, where that stuff fills you up, and then you can show up and be a part of the school. Because remember, I thing I said this last week. Um, but it is these are not. It's not a career that we're building here. What we're building is a life for ourselves going forward. And when we remember that we're building a life, all of these things can help to find balance. Because school is not the be all end all. It's just a part of the equation. Um, And I think that we lose sight of that sometimes and it's important to know. So that's it, gang. Um, Thanks so much for being a part of this every week. If you need anything else, you can go right to our website. Anything about us from the book to the mentoring to the merchandise, it's all right at realrapwithreynolds.com. And we will catch you next week. Peace.